The world is lonesome today, extremely lonesome. And the Bible tells us how people find a satisfying fellowship. 1 John 4.19, and it says, We love him. Do you remember the rest of it? If you do, will you quote it with me? We love him because he first loved us. The great burden of the human heart, having found Jesus, is to share him. <clears throat> how are we going to share him? We're going to share his love. We're going to share his love through the fellowship program that Jesus Christ has inaugurated. Because the world is lonesome. The world is very lonesome. I'd like to have you think at this hour of soul winning as 95% fellowship and only 5% teaching. There are thousands upon thousands of Christians who have reversed the, the, the whole program. They believe that soul winning is about 95% teaching. Consequently, they only have 5% left for fellowship. If they have this philosophy, when they come into the house of God, they're coming to be taught. They're not coming for fellowship. But if they realize that 95%, more or less, you know, is, is fellowship, then when they come into the house of God, they're coming to fellowship. When they walk out, they're, they're walking out to find someone who has come at that service to fellowship. Through the week, they're looking for someone who is lonesome, someone who is having a rough time, someone upon whom the burdens of life have, have become so heavy that they need to find some fellow Christian who will help them to bear or teach them to cast their burdens on Jesus Christ. This is very important. But this type of soul winning, this fellowship soul winning, is a most joyful thing. I have found in my experience that it is a joyful search. You know, Jesus said that there was a shepherd who had 99 sheep in the sheepfold and one was straying. This is found in Luke, the 15th chapter, verses 4 and 5. He says the shepherd goes out and he finds the one. When he finds this one, he puts it on his shoulder and he returns with rejoicing. So it is a joyful search. The devil wants us to think that the program of soul winning is a drudgery. Friends, put it out of your mind. Soul winning, when it's properly understood, in the area of fellowship, is a joyful search. Searching for broken-hearted people. Searching for men and women whose hearts are so burdened and breaking, they need someone to help them to know how to cast their cares on him and to look up into his face and claim his blessed promises of deliverance. Now, the Lord Jesus said that the very basis of the Christian life in this aspect is prayer fellowship. In Matthew 18, verses 19 and 20, he said, I say unto you, if two of you shall agree on earth as touching anything that they shall ask, it shall be done for them of my Father which is in heaven. Did you ever stop to wonder when Jesus answers the prayer of one person, wherever we are, when we fulfill the simple conditions, how come that he would say, if two of you agree, it is because he wants us to realize that there's a deeper drawing near to God, there's a deeper getting through to God than in the one relationship with God. The fellowship of fellow Christians is part of God's plan. He's made us social beings, right? We long to be recognized. We long to be accepted. 
We long for somebody to love us. It isn't just teaching. Like a little boy, he'd made a mistake in school. And uh, the faculty met, and they were wondering just what they would do to this little urchin. Finally, while the faculty was there in a circle, they invited the boy in. And with brazen faces, they said, Son, we have decided to forgive you. And the little boy broke into sobs and he said, Won't somebody love me? You know, we can even talk about forgiveness in such a stance, in such an atmosphere, with such an attitude that people somehow miss the fact that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. We love him because he first loved us, you see. He has made us creatures of social love, social longing, social hunger. So two meet together. Now in this search, I'd like to share with you some of our own experience. We could only barely preface it tonight. We have been for many years encouraging people to Christians to get into little prayer groups four, five, or six in a little prayer fellowship. And we found that it's rather difficult for the average Christian to go about getting four or five others to meet with him once a week for a brief hour. And so finally we said, why don't we do this? Lord, help us to do exactly what Jesus said, if two of you agree. Help us to encourage one man in the church to get one other man. He certainly can find one. And a lady in the church to find one other lady they can start what we call a prayer partnership. And then as the two began to work, pray together, study the lessons on prayer together, which we give the books free, or have up till now, and will as funds permit, uh, as they meet together and they study the science of prayer, how to get through to God, they will say, this isn't enough. They'll be like the lepers in Israel who found in the Syrian camp lots of food, and they said, we must share it. So they'll say, let's see if we can find somebody. Who else is in trouble? Two men are talking. They're praying. They're studying. Once a week together for an hour. Is there somebody we think of in the area who needs our fellowship, who's having a rough time? Maybe he's lost his wife. Or maybe they've lost their child. Maybe he's out of work. Maybe he isn't coming to church. And they say, oh, yes, there's Jim. So they'll, they'll go over and visit Jim. And they'll not preach at Jim because we're not saved by preaching as such, belittling preaching, but by love. We love him because he first loved us. So they'll bring to him the love of Jesus Christ. They'll bring to him a fellowship. They'll not join in it with him in the question of amusement of the world, but they'll bring him a sweet fellowship. If he hasn't been in church for six months, instead of saying, Brother, where have you been? They'll say something like this, We're lonesome. We're lonesome for you. We'd so love to have you with us, you see. And if he's a rock hound, they'll talk about rocks. If he's a fisherman, they'll talk about fishing. But they'll let him know they're lonesome, that they don't think that they're any better because they know they're no better than he. So uh, we found that maybe this would help our people to enter upon this beautiful fellowship in Jesus. So I said to one of my teammates, who's not with us right now because he only came for a limited period of time, I said, would you... Be willing to unite and experiment with me. Let us do what uh, we're inviting church members, Christians to do. We're inviting a Christian or a couple of Christians to go another, to another person 
and invite that person to unite with them in a prayer group. Why don't we do it? So we went into a city where we didn't know the people. We didn't know the people in the church. We went down through the church list. So we said, let's start with A. And we found a man's name that began with A. We called him on the telephone, made an appointment. When we went to his home, you know what happened? Now notice, my friends, the joyful search. We were going to his home to encourage him to unite with another good brother in the church and have a prayer fellowship, and for the two of them to look out and find somebody else who is in need and bring fellowship to them. This man himself needed fellowship. After we were sitting there a while, he turned to us and he said, do you mind telling me why you men came to my home? And then after a few minutes, he said, the reason why I'm asking is this. He said, Pastor Kuhn, five minutes before you called me on the telephone for that appointment, I was in my bathroom spitting up blood. He said, I'd, I'd had some bad attacks of the flu and it left my, my lungs raw. But he said, I thought I was getting better. And when I began to spit up blood, he said, a word came to me. You know what the word is? Cancer. And my lungs were paining me. And he said, there I was in the bathroom. And I said, oh, Lord, please send somebody to my rescue. And he said, not five minutes later, you called on the, me on the telephone and said, brother, do you mind if we come over? He said, brother, you are an answer to my prayer. My friend, wouldn't you like to be the answer to somebody's prayer? And they're pleading with God, Lord, does anybody love me? There are people to preach at me. There are people to belittle me. There are people to scold me. But Lord, I long to have somebody that loves me. That's why men work for men, ladies for lady. Because you never win a person unless you love that person, you see. After we chatted a while and prayed together, he said, yes. He said, there's another man in the church. He was a deacon. <laughs> there's another deacon. He said, I'll meet with him. Beginning with that very first night of our meeting, for we'd met him before our first meeting, we saw this good brother and his deacon brother sitting together. They decided to meet together in this prayer partnership. They'd go out and pray for somebody in need and invite him in until the prayer partnership would, would expand to a prayer fellowship of maybe five or six or so. Every night, I think, at the close of the meeting, this good brother walked up to me and he said, I'm feeling better, Pastor, I'm feeling better. And maybe at the fifth night, he said, Pastor, all the ache and pain has gone. There's no more spitting up of blood, you know, when we're in his home. And he told us why he was praying. You know what we did? We opened the Bible. And we asked God to bring him health and cure, Jeremiah 33, 6. We'll say his name was, was Jim Evans. Lord, we ask you to bring Jim Evans health and cure and to cure Jim Evans. We believe you're doing it. We thank you you're doing it. You know why we did that? Let me give you a little motto. Every child of God who remains a child of God will be healed. Yes or no? Yes or no? Yes. When? Either now or in time or in the resurrection. So we talk about healing. We talk about God's love. Every child of God who remains a child of God will be healed in God's own time, in God's own way. So he claimed the promise. By the end of the fifth day, he said, I'm perfectly healed. I've gone back to my doctor, and he's examining me thoroughly. He said, Brother, I'm well. 
Don't you think we're happy that we had the privilege, the honor under God, of bringing a fellowship and a healing fellowship to that heart? Can you imagine this man hesitating to get into a prayer partnership? He could hardly wait to get in because he and his fellow Christian then wanted to look up somebody else who maybe was sick or having any one of a number of difficulties and inviting these people to pray with them once a week for a brief hour. They don't pray too much in it. They study and, and uh, discuss, and then they have a little season of prayer, and they choose one person who they call their central prayer figure. Then other names come in, and they keep working for this one person. And while they're doing it, they're visiting others, and the one that ripens the most quickly is the one they invite into the prayer group. Then another is coming, another and another. You know, friends, we did this for several days in that city. Every home that my friend and I visited, without exception, every single home had someone or more who were going through a great distressing time, which tells me every heart in this world, friends, has its sorrow. We come into church, we go to our business place, we go out to shop, we smile, people say, how are you? Fine. They don't know what's going on in the human heart. There is no human heart that is not beset by the evil one. The devil is determined to bring madness instead of happiness, to bring trouble and trial and persecution and misunderstanding and the lack of fellowship. Oh, the human heart longs for fellowship. Having found this fellowship, we share it. We went to another home. A lady was there with her husband. And I noticed as I looked at his, at his lower jaw that he'd had an operation. I later learned it was for cancer. And you know, this dear lady shared uh, some troubles with us. She said, I'm so happy that you came. Before we left, she was so thrilled to think that we were suggesting that she would meet with another lady in the church and they would reach out and pray for somebody in trouble. She was so thrilled that later she made a trip over to where we were, several mile trip as I recall now, to ask more of the details of how she could start this prayer fellowship. You know why? Because this lady was in great distress in her home, and this is what she shared with us. You'll be amazed. She said, my husband that's sitting here, she said, I had once been a Christian. I turned my back on the Lord, and I wandered far from the Lord, and a few years ago, <laughs> I came back to the Lord, and I gave my heart to the Lord, and I was so thrilled to think that Christ would receive me after I'd wandered so far away that she said, I just long to have my husband take his stand. She said, we attended a revival series or an evangelistic series of meetings. And she said, one night, <coughs> pardon me, one night a call was extended. And she said, I made an awful mistake. I was already God's child, but I was so eager for my husband to accept Christ that she said, I reached over and took him by the arm and I stood and I all but forced him to the altar. I took a firm grip, and rather than to create a scene, bless his heart, he walked with me to the altar. She said, and I said, now you're going to be baptized. And she said, he was baptized, and then her husband spoke up, and he said, you know, he said, I belong to a group, for years I belonged to a, a, a music group, and he said, I was the star of the music group. He said, as I stood that, that day that I was baptized in the baptistry, I said to myself, well, I'm a star, but I'm not a Christian. And she said, do you know, 
by my imposing on my husband that way and causing him to be baptized when he had not yet found the fellowship in Jesus. I did plenty of urging. Isn't that too bad? She said that when he came back from the baptism and I realized that he hadn't found Jesus, I decided that then I had a duty to urge religion upon him. So I nagged him a little here, nagged him a little here, scolded him a little here, belittled him a little here. She said, until finally, I'm sorry to say it, I drove my husband to drink. And she said, and we have been considering divorce. And she said, it's all because instead of my sharing fellowship in Jesus, I use the method of belittling, of preaching at him, of nagging. Oh, my friends, soul winning, think of soul winning as 95% fellowship, only 5% teaching. There is teaching, there is instruction, but fellowship is a big part. And when men and women realize the love of Jesus in you and me, they'll want to be taught. They'll ask questions. They say, how about this? Where is heaven? They want to be with a God in heaven if God in heaven extends this kind of fellowship that we're extending. They'll ask questions then. We'll find ourselves doing a hundred times as much instructing as now because there'll be thousands of people who want the instruction based on fellowship. We said to the lady, God has forgiven you. You see, instead of belittling her now for belittling him, God forgives you. You're totally forgiven now. We all make a lot of mistakes, but let's not listen to the accuser of the brethren. Satan is the accuser. And we said, in Jesus, according to Romans 8.1, there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So, sister, you're totally forgiven. She said, I'm so grateful I am. And while we were there, we brought a little comfort to him. We explained to him, we understand, brother, why you turned. It was a misguided soul. She loved the Lord, but God is going to still work on your heart and bring you his forgiveness, brother. Don't let the devil accuse you either, brother. We could see he was under awful accusings of Satan. Brother, you're God's child. He will completely forgive you for all the past, just like he's forgiven your wife. We're building hope, talking faith, giving love, fellowship. We went to another home. Do you notice every home we went to, everyone was a professed Christian home, one or more. <clears throat> and every home we went to, the inmates, one or more, were longing for fellowship. In this particular home, <clears throat> the lady said, oh, I'm so glad you came. Thank you so much for coming. She said, you know, I've made an awful mistake with my husband. She said, my husband is a Christian worker. And she said, he works so much in the church and for the church that I got angry. And she said, I said to him, listen, you're spending altogether too much time with the church. You should spend more time with me. And she said, I whimpered and I nagged. And she said to my total surprise, the more I nagged and the more I whimpered, the less time he spent at home. She said, he's spending now just as little time at home as he can. She said, I've learned that I've been using the wrong method. I said, sister, don't you let the devil accuse you. You are God's child. We all make mistakes. I've been preaching for more than 50 years and talk about the mistakes that I make. But I'm not going to let the devil zero in and accuse me. I'm going to say the blood of Jesus Christ cleanseth us from all sin. If we walk in the light 
as he is in light, we have fellowship one with another. Oh, she said, thank you so much. I want to get into a prayer group. She said, that's what I need. She said, I was in a large prayer group. And she said, the large prayer group we were in, she said, you know, we weren't handling it the way you handle your ABC prayer group. She said, you know what we did a lot of our time as we're in the large prayer group? She said, we gossiped about people. And we found ourselves criticizing this little thing that happened in the church and this that happened in the Sabbath school and this that happened somewhere else. I said, you know, in our group, we pass out an I know something good certificate the first night. And we all agree that we will speak evil of nobody. We'll honor everyone. If someone and we don't understand each other, we'll go and talk to him alone. We won't spread it around. Oh, they said, this is wonderful. This is what we want. We love Jesus Christ. Because what? He first loved us. Home after home after home. There was never one home that we visited, friends, but what? There was a hungry heart or more. Wouldn't you like, at this hour this evening, wouldn't you like, number one, to say, Lord, I claim total forgiveness of every sin. I claim, Lord, your love to overcome the devil's accusing. And now, having been forgiven, because you've said if you confess your sins, I will forgive and cleanse you. So, Lord, I ask you to forgive and cleanse me. The B of prayer is, I believe. I believe, Lord, I trust you for total forgiveness. And now, dear Lord, the C of prayer is, I claim it. I reach right up and I take hold of your forgiveness, your total forgiveness, your total cleansing. I'm totally your child. Now, Lord, please use me to bring fellowship to somebody else. But I can't do it all alone. So give me wisdom to find someone else of my own sex and ask that individual if they'd like to meet with me for a brief hour once a week. I'll study the lessons. They're self-explanatory. And then the two of us will seek somebody else just like Brother Kuhn did. And we'll bring to them the love of the Lord. We'll not go around preaching at them. We'll not be belittling them. We'll not be sarcastic. We'll not josh them. We'll love them. We'll tell them we're lonesome. We're lonesome for them. We'll tell them that we believe they're better than we are. Thus, they'll never feel belittled in our presence. And then we'll tell them that we're praying together. We're drawing closer to the Lord. Maybe they'd like to meet with us. And you know they'll do it. Not maybe as fast as we'd like. We'd like everything done overnight. But they'll do it in the Lord's time and the Lord's way. Shall we pray? And while our heads are bowed in prayer and our eyes are closed, those in this audience and those in the home who want to say, Lord, I accept the love of Jesus Christ that forgives me totally and cleanses me and makes me his child, if you'll accept that love right now, if you've already accepted total forgiveness and you'd like to make a deeper acceptance, would you lift your hand? Thank you, dear Lord. And now, friends, how many of you would like to give earnest prayer to starting a little prayer partnership, expanding into a prayer fellowship so that you and someone else can start searching in this joyful search for another wounded soul? How many would like to? May I see your hands? Thank you, dear Lord. We reach up and thank you for hearing us. In Jesus' name, amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse. 
a website dedicated to spreading God's Word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.